0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Yes, Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo, co-author of the bestseller of the same name and author of The One Minute Commute, my latest book, published by Pan Macmillan and available in all good bookshops, online, and as an audiobook courtesy of audible.com. Yikes, six hours of me droning on. Anyway, that's enough about The One Minute Commute. Before I tell you about this show, a quick plug for Flying Solo's premium membership that has a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full-page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now, this episode is a recording of a keynote presentation from the recent Flying Solo live event in... In Melbourne, and features Kate Christie in a talk entitled Do More with Less. Now, let me tell you a little about Kate. She is a time investment advisor, global speaker, and best selling author, and consults to big and small businesses, government departments, and C suite executives on maximizing individual time spend and managing organizational drag. ...through smart time investment strategies. She's appeared on TV and radio and in print as well as a leading commentator on time management... ...and ways to maximise work-life integration. She has a reputation for helping her clients find 30 hours of lost time a month. Gosh, so her focus is to ensure that you're left educated entertained and with a lasting impact on the way you choose to live work and play now I was very interested to see if Kate could actually stick very closely to time in her presentation so let's see how she does
2: Well, The pressure's on. I tell you what, when you're a time management expert, you have to keep to time. I can never be late for a meeting, I can never ever be late for a phone call, um, and uh, the pressure is heightened. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Who here would like more time? Okay, If you haven't got your hand up, you can go and get a coffee, and everyone else is going to get all of the gold. Um, I'm here today, I have one goal My goal is to impart as much information and knowledge to you in the 20 minutes that I have. I'll be here after the break and lunch, so please feel free to come up and talk to me. Um, I'm going to talk to you about five key mistakes that business owners make that means you are leaving money on the table. Five key time mistakes. and I'm going to give you as many strategies as I can in the time that I have, but I just want you to take away one or two of those. So please don't sit there and take a laundry list of every word that comes out of my mouth because that will just join the laundry list or the to-do list of everything else you're not going to do this week. So just pick one or two and away we go. Mistake number one is that you do not know where your time goes. So you ask a busy person, what did you do today? Where did you spend your time? Oh, well, I had some meetings and a few phone calls and I saw some clients. What did you actually do today? You ask a small business owner that, and often they cannot answer that question because they don't remember or recall every interruption, every single phone call, every email, every time their phone vibrated, every time someone said, can I have five minutes of your time? And you need to know everything that you currently do so you know what changes you can make. So the solution to this one is simple. It's not fun, but it's simple. You need to map your time. From the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed, across two or three days, I want you to map your time in detail. You will hate it, I can absolutely guarantee that, but the data you get from it will be life-changing. So I don't mean I got up at six, I pressed the alarm, and went back to sleep for 20 minutes then I drove to work and had five meetings. That is not mapping your day in detail. I got up at four because someone had a nightmare. I got up at five because someone needed to go to the toilet. I got up at six because the dog wanted to go outside. Then I had a shower. Then I had breakfast. I made breakfast for the kids, and I cleaned up the kids' breakfast. Then I drove to work, and I took five phone calls on the way. That is mapping your day in detail. Every interruption, every phone call, every nuance. Because the data you get from that is transformation. You'll, you'll start to see where you're wasting your time. You'll start to see where you're not investing your time properly. You'll see who's constantly interrupting you. You'll see how often you're interrupting yourself. And from that data, that's where you're going to be able to make some changes. So mistake number one is you do not know where your time goes. The simple solution is to map it. Mistake number two is that you're managing your time. Who here tries to manage their time? Okay, mistake number two. The solution to this one is you need to invest your time. Time management has such a negative connotation, I've got to manage my time. But we don't manage our money the same way we invest our money. And we need to think about our time the way we think about our money. It's an incredibly important asset. It's the only resource every single person in this room has the same amount of. And none of you can buy more of, no matter how rich or clever or savvy you are, we all have the same amount of time. So we need to protect it and we need to start investing it the way we invest our money. If you suddenly inherited $100,000, well, some of you might decide, I'm going to blow that on a holiday. Others of you, the majority of you, are going to think, what's the best way for me to invest this money? Where can I get the greatest return, the greatest bang for my buck? And you need to start thinking about your time in exactly the same way. Time is something that is to be invested with intent for the greatest possible return. So stop managing your time. Let's have a look at what the cost lenses are associated with managing your time and having a management perspective on your time. So every time you choose to perform a particular task, you choose activity A over to activity B, there are four different cost lenses. Two of the cost lenses will occur every single time. There will always be a financial cost to the way you spend your time. There will always be an opportunity cost. So financial cost is your time is money. For those of you who have a small business where you charge your time out by the hour, that's simple, that becomes your hourly rate and that's the lens you need to look through for every single task you perform, not just your business tasks. Opportunity cost is the cost of the lost opportunity. What have I just missed out on because I chose to spend my time this way? So if I choose to spend my time an hour of my time on admin, what's my lost opportunity? I could have won a new client. I could have better serviced a current client. I could have gone home early and spent some time with my kids. So for every choice you make, every task you perform, there's always an opportunity cost and a financial cost. And those, those lenses might resonate strongly for you. Other costs are your emotional costs and your physical costs. So your emotional cost is whether you feel good or bad about how you've spent your time. This one for me is a no-brainer. It's usually a Sunday, Sunday morning, and I'm there screaming at my three kids to help me clean up the house. And it'll be a discussion like, I am not a slave. This house is not a hotel. Go and clean up your floor, wardrobe. Hang up your towels. They smell for a reason. They're on the ground. Pick them up. No, you can't have another towel. That's the discussion that goes on in my place. Emotional cost at the end of that I feel like crap. My kids are old enough to know that I feel like crap and so they manipulate me and make me feel even worse and then they don't speak to me and that's emotional cost because I feel bad about it. The house looks great but I don't feel great. Physical cost is where any activity you perform makes the pain. So if you're sitting at your desk all day and you get a headache or a backache if you're dashing around the house in your high heels trying to vacuum the floor and you fall over and hurt yourself. Um, Physical pain. So you need to decide which of those cost lenses resonates most with you. And that's the lens you need to look through when you decide, is this the best use of my time? So let's have a look. You've got a a good sense about opportunity, emotional and physical cost. I just want to touch a little bit more on financial cost because there's Small business owners, the buck stops with you. You have to be very, very protective of the money that's coming into the business. You have to be very protective of your time, because your time is money. So let's just assume that your hourly rate is $50 an hour. So that might be what you charge your clients, but it's what your hourly rate works out to be. And a very simple way, for those of you who don't have an hourly rate yet, take your annual gross income divided by the number of hours you generally work, and that's going to give you a good approximation. But here's one I prepared earlier. So let's just assume you have an hourly rate of $50 an hour. If you choose to spend your time an hour a day on Facebook or social media, day in, day out, that's costing you $18,250 of your time a year. Is this the best use of my time? If you are spending 16 hours a week on emails, the research shows us that small business owners are spending two full days a week, week in and week out, reading and responding to emails. Almost $40,000 of your time a year, if your hourly rate's $50. If your hourly is $100, just, get, you, you just double these guys. 20 minutes making lunch for your kids, if they're old enough to make lunch for themselves, which they are if they're about seven or eight and there's good stuff in the fridge. $4,300 of your time a year, you may as well give them the credit card, tell them to go to the tuck shop and knock themselves out. And they can buy for the rest of the class. I mean, seriously, four hours cleaning your house this week, that's a $200 clean. If anyone needs a cleaner, I am free, because I'm more than happy to do that. So you need to start valuing your time. Who here would say, that financial cost resonates for them. Okay, opportunity cost, emotional cost, and physical cost. Awesome, that's the lens I want you to look through from now on when you have a task in front of you and you think to yourself, should I be doing this? Is this the best use of my time? And if it's not, make a different choice. Is this the best use of my time? And I have a post-it note of this, and I have them near my computer, to remind myself all the time. I've got a couple on the fridge. (laughs) Is this the best use of my time? But you want to continue to remind yourself of this message. Mistake number three, time mistake number three that you're making in your business day in and day out, which is costing you, is that you're not focusing your time in the right place at the right time. So this one's simple. There's some simple strategies that you can put into play to help make sure that you're focusing properly. Firstly, I want you to reject the concept of being busy. You know how this one goes. You bump into someone down the street, someone you haven't seen for a while or a colleague, go, hi, how are you? They go, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, my God, I'm busy too. And then you talk about how busy you all are and how busy everyone is that you know. I mean busy seems to have acquired a bit of a social status, a bit of a badge of honour, and it's not. We've got to move away from this concept because you know what, especially when you are saying it to your customers, you know what it sounds like? How are you? Oh, I'm so unproductive. No one says that. So change the dialogue on this one. After today, you are no longer busy. You're terrific, you're productive, you're fantastic, business is great, I'm happy. It's amazing the different discussion you'll have around that. The second thing you wanna do in order to focus your time properly is have a fantastic to-do list. A great to-do list coupled with a calendar is your power duo of time investment tools. Now a great to-do list isn't just a laundry list of everything you need to do. It's that, but then you want to prioritise it in terms of deadlines, what deadlines have you got coming up, and in terms of importance. Then you want to, once you've got your priorities set, the top two things that are on your to-do list, you want to allocate a time frame to them. How long do you think it's going to take you to complete those tasks? Because in knowing that, you can then lock deadlines into your calendar, and deadlines are absolutely critical. There's a theory, an economic theory, called Parkinson's Law. And essentially, Parkinson's Law says that a task will expand to fill the time made available for it. And we know this. We all know this. If you give yourself a month to write your business plan, it's going to take you a month to write your business plan. If you give yourself a week to write your business plan, guess what? It's going to take you a week to write your business plan. So lock really reasonable deadlines into your calendar from your to-do list and you're more likely to keep yourself accountable to those. You also then want to batch. Batching is the concept of grouping like tasks together and batching or blocking chunks of time into your calendar to complete those tasks. So, for example, you want to batch invoicing. You want to batch billing. You want to batch sales. You want to batch client relationship management. You want to batch doing your tax. There's so many things you can batch. You definitely want to batch email and telephone calls, but the number one thing I want you to batch is your energy. So who here is a morning person? Afternoon? Evening? Nothing? (laughs) Got one. (laughs) You want to batch your energy. You want to understand when you are absolutely at your peak performance each day. When do I have my most energy? When am I most enthusiastic? When am I creative, feeling fantastic? You want to batch that time into your calendar for your best work. Your hardest, strategic, most important task. Your most important sales call. Your most important pitch to a new client. That's what you want to use your best time for. You do not want to use your best brain for anything less than your best work. And then flip it around. When are you most tired? And that's when you want to batch your process-type work, the sort of stuff that you can do with your eyes closed that you don't need to be thinking about. You do not want to be using your best brain for the mundane process-type work because that is a waste of your time. Batching your emails and batching time on your device is absolutely critical. The average smartphone user checks their phone 85 times a day, so that's an addiction. And of those checks, over 50% are for 15 seconds or less. That's a hit. Am I still popular? Does anyone want to see that I went to the gym this morning? Here's a photo of my cat. We don't need to share that information. We don't need to see other people's information. You do not have to be on your device the whole time. Now, if you're on your device 85 times a day because you're 100%, engaging with and working with your clients and selling stuff, awesome, knock yourself out. But if it's the fill-in tasks and the little catch-ups and the what's happening out there and I'll just kill a bit of time on social media, that is an absolute waste of your time. So batch times when you're going to read and respond to emails and batch times when you're going to be on your device and in between, turn the device off and get down and get some other work done. Mistake number four that you will all be making when it comes to how you invest your time is that you're fitting your own oxygen mask last. And let's face it, when you're a small business owner and often you will be a parent or a brother or a sister or you'll have grandparents that you need to look after, you have other responsibilities, you're often fitting your own oxygen mask last and you need to start prioritising yourself. So, the first thing I'd say is have a look through those cost lenses, your financial opportunity, emotional, physical cost, and start thinking about what you can outsource. You're all financially capable of making some trade-offs. So, if it means, okay, I'm going to actually engage a cleaner for $25 a week and I'll get them to come in once a week for an hour or two, that's $50 Of my my money. I've just bought myself back two hours of my own time. That's two hours I can go and find some new clients. I can go and build my business. So think about outsourcing. The concept of outsourcing is where you identify everything that you currently do at home that you are prepared to pay an expert to do for you. The other thing you need to do at home is to insource. Now the concept of insourcing is where you identify everything you currently do at home for the people that you live with that they can do for themselves that you don't have to pay them for <laughs> look how happy they are this is where you save the conversation with your family family is a team sport there is plenty of different activities that you can get your kids to do everyone Bottom line is responsible for their own crap. If it's your stuff, clean it up, put it away. Clean your bedroom, hang up your towel, put your dirty clothes in the laundry, put your clean clothes in the cupboard. Then you have family-based chores, the dishwasher, the bins, the vacuuming. You rotate them so no one gets the crap job. In my house, there's always one kid and every week, regardless of which job he gets, it's the crap job. So you rotate it so that those arguments aren't there. Mistake number five is, well, let's play a quick game. In a minute, I'm going to get you to do something which requires you to um, put your hand up very quickly at the end. This is a competition, there will be a prize, so you need to be focused on what I'm saying. In a minute, when I say go, no cheating, I've got a full view here, I can see who's cheating. When I say go, you're going to count from number one through to number 26, and don't go 126. Okay? I've had people do that, and it's really annoying. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, all the way through to 26. The first person who gets there, puts their hand up, there will be a prize. Ready, set, go. Winner. Third row, come and see me, I'll tell you what the prize is, no, not not right now. Okay, now I'm going to get you to do the alphabet. A, all the way through to Z, every single letter as fast as you possibly can when you get their hands up. Go. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't concentrating. Sorry, I was distracted by the gorgeous child in the top right-hand corner. Let's try that again, go. <laughs> okay, this lady here in the coat, awesome, come and see me later, there is a prize for you. Okay, third prize. This time when I say go, I want you to say 1, A, 2, B, 3, C, all the way through to 26, there, Go! All right, let me put you out of your misery. (laughs) I'll put us all out of misery. Mistake number five, you multitask. It's time to stop multitasking. You can see how efficiently your brain works when you're given one thing to do. Count from one through to 26. Say the alphabet. When you try and juggle two or more tasks at a time, you're forcing your brain to do two or more things at a time, and it does not work. So I'm sorry, ladies. I know you constantly pride yourself on being awesome multitaskers, and I can't tell you the number of times people say to me, oh, my husband can't multitask. No one can multitask. There's only 2% of the human population who actually can multitask, and they're so rare, they're called supertaskers. For the rest of us mere mortals, your only solution here is to single focus and single task, and that's why you batch, and you batch your time, and you will get through so much more when you concentrate on one task at a time. The prize for the prize winners will be a copy of my new book, which is Smart Time Management for Business. Uh, It's not out yet, it'll be out, but I will get your addresses and send that through to you. There's an ad in um, the brochure today for that as well, if you're interested. They're my contact details. From now on, please only ever invest your time with intent. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, Kate. That was fun. Are you okay just to hang here for a couple Absolutely. of questions? Absolutely. Yeah. That was terrific. I got so much out of that. And I'm definitely not going to vacuum in high heels ever
2: again. <laughs> just <laughs> not going to Me do it. either.
1: Okay. So we have a couple, time for a couple of questions. We've got some roving mics. Please, any question about how to invest your time? Yes, sir. Hi. Um,
0: nobody can multitask, right? But the demand of the industry, if especially if you're a consultant, that you do a lot in a most efficient time. So, how do we position ourselves as a business um, that we can multitask? Kind of like.
2: I think, I think the messaging is, is well known out there now that multitasking doesn't work. So, I think what you're wanting to do is possess, uh, to position yourself as a consultancy firm that delivers that we invest our time well. we actually get the work done. We work at pace. We're agile. We're awesome. As opposed to, and make a point of it, we don't multitask because we know it doesn't work. I multitask, my productivity goes down by 40%, which is equivalent to me losing 10 IQ points or equivalent to me losing a full night's sleep. So tell them that and explain that's why we don't multitask and we get the job done because we're actually really efficient, we single focus, um, and we're awesome at it.
1: Okay, great, thank you. We have another question just here, yes.
2: Hi Kate. Hi. Um, One thing that we haven't covered is procrastination.
1: I'm, my name's <laughs> Megan
2: and I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> what tips have you got okay. for the procrastinators in the crowd? Yeah, absolutely. Look, procrastination is um, a basically interruption. It's a form of self-interruption. And when it comes to interruptions in our day, um, we, we will interrupt ourselves more than anyone else interrupts us. So in terms of the scale of interruptions, we are number one. Um, Over 45% of all interruptions occur because we've interrupted ourselves. From a procrastination perspective, it's really simple to to beat this, and hard as well, but simple from the perspective, have a great to-do list. Know exactly which two tasks you have to do tomorrow, and then you're gonna batch them into your calendar, preferably in the morning, even if you're not a morning person. Batch them into your calendar for the first thing in the morning, so you're gonna do this before you do anything else and you're taking control of your agenda. That's the simple part of it. The difficult part of it is that you have to keep yourself accountable. So there's the implementation bit where you say, you know, I can set you up completely for success to get it done, but you actually have to keep yourself accountable. So start thinking of it in terms of those cost lenses. What's my procrastination costing me? If I'm delaying every task by 20 minutes, that's over $4,300 of my time if I'm on an hourly rate of $50 or opportunity, emotional or physical cost. So be really aware of those cost lenses and, and and then keep yourself accountable.
1: Okay, great stuff. We have one more at the back. Then we'll have one more question. If you have a question, please raise your hand. It's uh, Peter from Flying Solo. I've got a question <laughs> about to-do lists. I think I've tried every app, every spreadsheet, all different sorts, and I'm back on a paper to-do list. Yeah. Do you have any advice on how to actually manage your to-do list?
2: Yeah, sure. Look, I'm a, I'm a pen and paper girl as well. I think research shows us the act of physically writing something, even if you're a tech person, the act of physically writing something makes it more tangible and sticky in our brain. So That's the first thing I'd recommend. Uh, secondly, it doesn't matter to me or to you how long your to-do list is, as long as you pick the two most important things that have to be done the next day and you batch them into your calendar. Then All of the other stuff, it's just white noise. You know, you will get to it or you'll delegate it. But if you can get through the two most important things each day, that's two more than you were probably getting through prior to that. Then every single night you want to revisit your to-do list because new priorities will have have crept in and you want to add those in and then reprioritize. I delegate where I can. So that in terms of small business owners, we don't often have teams, but we can outsource. And you want to think of those cost lens and outsource to an expert, someone who can do it faster, cheaper or smarter than you can. Thank you very
1: much. And good luck with that, Peter.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.